Hi, and welcome to Just Bleed Radio. I'm your host for this evening, no special. Joining me is our fearless leader and editor-in-chief, Dave, and new podcast members, Lem and Keyshawn. This is episode seven of Just Bleed Radio. Thank you, as always, and like and subscribe. Let's do a brief introduction for our new members. Uh, Lem, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Lem. Uh, I got into MMA in like late 2019. My first, my first card was the Masvidal versus Nate Diaz BMF belt card. Um, and I got into MMA because I'd always liked the idea of Brazilian jiu-jitsu where a smaller and weaker opponent could beat a bigger opponent. And I just randomly one day was like, I'd kind of like to watch some MMA to see if I like it. And it turned out I did. So I've been watching since then. So your friends didn't like, uh, like you just randomly watched it on your own? Um, I, my friends had like watched it, uh, like one of my friends watched it a lot and a few had like watched it occasionally, but they never really thought I would, they like brought it up from time to time, but never thought I would be that into it. Um, so they never like bugged me to watch it. Um, but when I did want to watch it, I did like go try to watch with them. And now you're bugging them to watch combat sports with you? Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. How did, that go? how did that go with the boxing? <laughs> they they made fun of me for trying to watch the Canelo fight, even though I am a known boxing hater. But I, I do try to watch the big boxing fights, but I may give up on that after this Canelo fight. Well, the, the last one was really good. Uh, Bud Crawford fight was good. Did you enjoy that one at all? No, and my oh. my one friend also, he made fun of me. He was like, hey, why didn't you force us to watch the Crawford versus Spence fight? And I was like, well, I did try to, and I like brought I brought some screenshots where I was like, hey, let's watch this fight. And then my friend, I think, like jokingly spoiled the fight, but I didn't know it was a joke. So I gave up, and we never watched that fight. Ah. <laughs> Bunch of casuals. I love it. Yeah. All right, Keyshawn, how about a brief introduction for yourself? All right, guys. Hi, my name is uh, Keyshawn Matthew. I'm an uh, amateur boxer, former uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitor, former wrestler, and former amateur MMA competitor. Also had a couple of kickboxing matches. So I started following mixed martial arts in around 2007. Uh, the first card was uh, Vanderlei versus Chuck Liddell with uh, GSP fighting Matt Hughes for the interim multiweight title in the co-main event. Um, yeah, I just I used to be a big wrestling fan, and my dad was like, "Yo, you want to see real wrestling?" And that's how he tricked me into watching UFC, and I've been hooked ever since then. So I'm just gonna be here to give you guys some different perspectives, maybe some more of the technical stuff, and talk about a lot more of the boxing, as I'm a very big fan of that. I keep up with that. That's a lot. Uh, that's really my world that I'm in. So yeah, I'm glad to be here with you guys. Oh yeah, man. Well. That sounds very nice. interesting. I'd like to uh, welcome both of you to the team. So we might as well head, go ahead and get started with uh, some of uh, last weekend's activities. I think there was a uh, fight circus event no one probably cared about. There was PFL, um, but interestingly, it didn't broadcast in the uh, North America at all. I went on my way to try to find it, and it was just so difficult. When I finally found it, I just 
just protested. I'm like, fuck this. They're making it way too difficult. Like, I can't support this. So I didn't watch it. Uh, did any of you guys watch it or have any thoughts on the PFL card at all? Uh, I, uh, I saw the highlight of Cedric Dube. Did a, was it a seven-second knockout? Yeah. That was the whole fight. Oh, I thought so, it was yes, nine seconds. That was all I saw. Yeah. Yes. It might as well have been either or. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, he looks like a goddamn killer. And uh, I'm excited for him to be in the PFL regular season. If we ever get to see him. <laughs> yeah. If they brought that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched just the highlight of Cedric Dumbe, and that was basically it. I, I didn't get to see much. I seen someone gave him a pillow before he wouldn't knock the guy out, so that was convenient. Uh, I hope he <laughs> gave it to the opponent. And, um, yeah, I think this was a big mistake on DAZN's part. From what I heard, they've done this before with Bellator. This is just kind of a thing. This... Re, like in 2023, there should not be regional broadcasting restrictions where people in certain regions where your base is in cannot get it. Maybe they can be in a different provider than other places, but it should not be in a state where they cannot get the fight. Interesting. I agree with that. Like, yeah. It's unacceptable, I think, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just acting privileged or something. Um, <laughs> what about you, Lem? Did you have any interesting uh, MMA takes from the weekend before we get into boxing? I don't think so. I only just saw the Doombay clip, and I like looked at the fight circus briefly out of curiosity, and then tuned out. I didn't even try to watch PFL, although I I probably would have tried to watch the Doombay fight if it didn't get like. Well, I guess I did watch it. But if it was a longer fight, I would have tried to watch it and tried to not get the fight spoiled. Is Dune Bay somebody I should be keeping my eye on? Like, I heard a lot of people talk about him yesterday, but I've never heard of this too early. Like, is he supposed to be talented or something? Yes, he's an absolute monster. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he was a two-division champion in glory. I know he was at least a one-division champion. It could have been two. Um, I hasn't I wasn't keeping track of glory all that much the past couple of years, but he's an absolute monster kickboxer. And um, from what I've seen, it looks like he's been able to actually transition his striking over a bit. So we'll see. He'll continue to grow. He'll continue to get built along nicely by the PFL. And I think he's in the right spot to keep developing his talent as long as he just doesn't get churned out by that tournament system. As Luke and other people have said in the past, the people have talked about this, many different journalists, it destroys your body. Pat Curran talked about this while he retired early. He's like 30 years old and he was a monster at featherweight. But tournament formats where you're fighting four times within a short period of time, like uh, five, six months, like the PFL will do it. It's just, it's not good for your body. No, but I, I think looking at Cedric Dumbe, he looks like an absolute beast. But the problem with uh, the way that they have it, I think the zone uh, is contracted to certain spots in Europe. I don't think they're an American uh, uh, company. So I think they have to kind of like, you know, work out with... It, it's kind of the same thing when uh, Bellator used to do the tape delay. So they would basically just kind of like, you know, hurt their own promotion by doing so. So, you know, the zone kind of stepping on its own feet, you know, tripping over themselves doesn't just surprise me. I, but it's kind of surprising that the PFL has partnered with them the way that they have. But 
neither here nor there. Cedric Dumbay, the fight is pretty much out there, so it doesn't matter. You get to see the fight pretty much on, you know, Twitter or Instagram or whatever. It's there. He's it, it's pretty much the best advertisement he can get currently. And it, going into this, I think the tournament can work for him if he stays relatively healthy. That's the problem, I guess, right? With most of these tournaments, if they were to expand it to a full year and then tournament winners have the option to just fight on like a pay-per-view, that'd be fine. But against the champion or whatever, it'd be, it'd be more interesting to see if they can have that dynamic changed going forward. Now that they're going to be expanding on their roster coming with the uh, Bellator purchase or, you know, however that's going to shake out whether or not they're going to keep Bellator for another year and a half as an individual product, or they're going to integrate a lot more talent coming into the promotion with PFL. There's a lot that still needs to happen, but neither here nor there. We'll see what happens come next year. There's still a lot of things that have to happen in order for this to kind of be a full-time thing. I would like to see him fight one more time. Um, that's a lot to ask, but I think he has enough time to get a show in there at least either in, around you know December or January. Okay, yeah, I definitely think that that would be a good target for him. Uh, yeah, take some time off, keep developing your skills. But uh, this at the same time, because he was able to get such a quick knockout, I don't think it would hurt him if they could get him in a quick turnaround fight even next month. He has that hype right now. It was nine seconds. He didn't really get hurt. I mean, maybe he has a hard cut, so maybe they do it like a weight class. Mm. I don't know specifically um, what his, his, his cutting is like, but I think they should get him in earlier than january just because he had such a quick fight had he had something where they really got something on tape they could build off of then yes that's that's a good period of time to target but i think they can get something else in there all right so uh i guess uh one more point i'd like to bring on before we move on to boxing i kind of forgot about it we actually had a one card on amazon prime on uh friday night oh yeah and it was supposed to be, a, the whole main card was going to be uh, women's fights, but I think one fell out and they ended up bumping John Lineker up to the main card. Uh, did any of you guys happen to see that? Uh, I got to see Stamp Fairtex uh, in her fight. And honestly, I was impressed. I'm always impressed when I go out there and see Stamp Fairtex. Obviously, I know a lot of the MMA world was saddened by the retirement of Angela Lee. We we would have loved to see her uh, continue her great career because she was so young. But obviously, you know, mental health is way more important. And she, if she needs to step away from the sport, she needs to step away from the sport. But I was, excuse me, extremely impressed by Stamp. I, I would have, I'm going to love to see her continue to defend that belt, continue to grow. She's, as far as I know, the first person to ever win a world title, a major world title in uh, kickboxing, Muay Thai, and MMA. So she's really out here, you know, setting precedence in in her field. And I think she's going to go down as one of the best female combat sports fighters of all time if she can continue to grow at the pace that she is. That's very interesting. Uh, I thought that Stamp did a great job also. Like, you know, in the first round, it looked kind of close, but... uh... I really like the body work that Stamp was putting in and uh, getting the finish how she did was just really impressive with the body strikes. And another notable performance on the card I thought was John Lineker. Like, he's got a lot of fight miles on him. and He's surprisingly young. I was like, I think he's 33. I was kind of shocked when I found out how young he was with all the, how long he's been fighting. And, you know, I think he's almost done the downward turn, but he's still getting wins done and he got a good decision. And 
he was another one I thought was pretty good. Um, one thing I wanted to point on was the whole uh, Angela Lee retirement. I thought that the PFL did a great job. Like they went all in on the retirement and kind of giving her her moment. Some people thought they maybe went too far into it and like went a little bit overboard. But uh, I think uh, I'd rather have them go overboard than, you know, not do it or not do it enough. And I was really impressed with it overall. Very emotional. And I think it's kind of a new thing that MMA is doing with uh, fire retirements. And I'd like to see more of it. Uh, any guys, any of you happen to see the uh, retirement uh, ceremony? Well, yeah, I did happen to see it. And I, I'm definitely happy with what they did i don't think it's too much especially like people have to think about it like you're talking about the world champion retiring like this is someone that was their youngest if i'm not mistaken it's either her or her brother who are the youngest world champion in that promotions history she had the belt for years she was very good she was honestly kind of the the face of women's fight not kind of actually she was the face of women's fighting in one championship so I don't understand uh, the mindset of anybody that they did too much there. She was everything for that part of their promotion for a long time. And they needed her to be that. And quite frankly, she was kind of what legitimized the division to a lot of casual like MMA fans. Like, oh, this girl is really legit. She's really good. Even though, and, and then from there, like, the, the girls that were able to beat her or girls that were able to put up really good fights like Stamp and hurt her, that was able to legitimize those girls and make people pay more attention to them and be like, oh, they have some really good women over there. So I, I just don't understand anybody in that mindset. Uh, it, Angela Lee, in terms of one championship, is kind of like their Ronda Rousey. Interesting. I never looked at it like that. I didn't know uh, she was that big to the organization. I didn't think it was too much either, but that kind of the way you break it down puts a whole different look on it for me. It's quite the moment. But with that, uh, I think we should get on to uh, this week's boxing events. I think there was a lot going on. Uh, Keyshawn, or Keyshawn, you mind breaking down uh, what we should know about from uh, last weekend's boxing? Yeah, so let me give you guys a quick rundown. There was a lot of boxing for us to talk about, and I'm just going to kind of go in what order they occurred in uh, because it was all over the world. First, we had in Turkey, Otto Wallin. A lot of you guys will remember him as the man that gave Tyson Fury an extremely tough fight, put a gash on his face that looked like a knife attack, and then I think it was a split decision he had fought him to. It was an extremely tough fight. So Wallin was in there with Marat Gassiev, who fought uh alexander Usyk for the undisputed cruiserweight title it was um a extremely one-sided fight even though it was a split decision uh gassiev got a 117 111 scorecard which nobody could really make sense of but it seems that uh Waleen was just able to outbox him and outwork him the entire fight he looked impressive out there and it kind of uh was able to silence the doubters that thought Waleen was only able to do what he did to tyson fury due to the cut on his face so from there we go into australia we had jai opechia versus jo jordan thompson and um jai just looked like an absolute animal out there he went out there and stopped thompson 
throwing bombs basically the entire fight, didn't respect Thompson's abilities. He wasn't really jabbing. It was all hooks out there, and the IBF Cruiserweight champion was able to retain his belt. I would love to see him go out there and potentially unify with one of the other champions, but he is still raw. He is still developing, so he's probably going to take his time, still get his skills out there, and then we'll probably see a unification bout a little more down the road, maybe late 2024, early 2025. Who knows? But Jai definitely looks like he could be a potential um, star. I put quotes around that because there's never really stars in the cruiserweight division, but he could be a potential quote-unquote star in that division. And then that leads us to our main event, I guess, of sorts for the the weekend. And I guess for the boxing world up until uh, the Fury fight is happening because this is the biggest fight that has happened in a little while. Actually, I can't even say a little while because Spencer Crawford just happened. But this is the biggest fight in terms of how where these guys were, world champion versus world champion. Boxing has had for a little bit. We haven't had an undisputed versus undisputed title fight in years because at the end of the day, it's hard to collect those four belts. And then once you get those four belts, to find another guy with four belts in a division near you is not really going to happen and that's the thing Canelo wasn't in a division near Charlo he had to jump up too and we seen what the effects of that were during the fight Jermel Charlo wasn't able to establish an effective jab his power did not bother Canelo at all and quite frankly it seemed after the first two rounds he was just out there to survive and survive he did he made it the full 12 rounds but it was not an impressive performance by Crawford I mean by uh Charlo I I don't think he won a single round I, I would say it was a 12-0 sweep by Canelo and I would honestly say that all in all I would just like to see him go back down and fight Tim Zhu I have no interest in seeing him fight Crawford I have no interest in seeing Crawford fight Canelo because that will be another beating there's way too much of a size difference I think these guys need to go and defend their belts against guys in their weight class um, otherwise, on that card, there was some good stuff going on. Mario Berrios beat uh, your Dennis Ugas. It seemed uh, he damaged Ugas' eye. He couldn't go on anymore. Uh, many of you will probably remember Berrios from the Tank Davis fight. He's a good contender in the welterweight division, so you guys should keep your eye on him. And then um, all the way down in the undercard, we had Frank Sanchez, a heavyweight to watch, fast hands. He had a little scare there, got hurt in the first round, but was able to put him away. Um, so let me get some thoughts from you guys. What did you guys think of the main event card? What did you think of Canelo Alvarez's performance? Um, let's go, Dave. I thought it was a pretty good performance. I was, uh, really impressed. Like I'm a complete boxing, boxing casual. Like I don't really know what I'm watching, but it looked like he was putting a lot of forward pressure, kind of lumbering forward, uh, you know, just landing power shots, a lot of good shots to the body, I thought. And, um, you know, I was impressed, but overall, I thought the fight was kind of dull. And uh, like I said, I'm a casual, but it just didn't really do that much for me. Like, I was kind of hoping for fireworks. Uh, a lot of the boxing matches that I've watched recently have been pretty dynamic and very fun to watch. And that was just kind of, eh, just another fight for me. But like I said, I'm a casual. But what you said earlier brings up a good point that I wanted to ask. Like, I'm kind of all in or I was all in on the idea of Canelo versus Crawford, but you're saying like, there's too much of a size difference there. Like it's not even worth making. Like what's the size difference between those guys? 47 is okay, so, Yeah. It's the equivalent of if Alexander Volkanovsky jumped up to 170 to fight Leon Edwards. 
So it's uh, that's what we're Crawford talking about. Shorter, or like aren't they somewhat similar height? Or? They're closer in height. They, that's the they thing. They could be they could be closer in height, thick. but we're talking about weight here, right? Yeah, we're talking about yeah. size because Carlo is taller than Canelo. Yeah, I was just thinking like with the Volca analogy or whatever. He was a lot shorter. It had me thinking about their actual heights in comparison, but. Aren't they only like thirteen pounds apart? How is that the same as Volk going to one seventy? Terence Crawford fights at one hundred and forty-seven. So oh, sorry, I I zoned out. Uh oh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> wrong, wrong. I sorry. <laughs> this is a disaster. No, it's fine. It's that. Well, that's a that's an honest question, though. It's they're slightly closer, but the difference is, is that they're both closer as far as stature. I imagine Terrence uh, cuts a lot of weight just to begin with. And on top of it, he he doesn't have nearly as many miles on his body as Canelo does. Although Canelo has been looking – I just for uh, uh, con- uh, context, I did not watch the fight. I w- was watching uh, my uh, stepson play football uh, last night. So they won, and it was a slaughter. Uh, I think it was a – 64 to 6 at the end of the game. Jesus. Yeah, he he, he didn't get to play a lot, but their team played a a lower-level team. They needed to win, so it was great. Uh, Anywho, that's what I was doing Saturday. (laughs) Um, I saw some of the highlights. Looking at it, it just kind of felt like, I don't know if it's just me with boxing fatigue or or not. Uh, Dave, did you want me to kind of divulge my, my thoughts on this? Okay, um, I'm kind of I'm annoyed by with boxing currently with the politics, the way that they kind of do the fights currently. Don't get me wrong, the fights have been great as of late. It's just I'm I it's hard for me to care when I see one sided fights, and it happens a lot in MMA, but it seems to be like almost a a constant with a lot of high level boxing, and I don't know if that's just because I'm casual when it comes to the MMA or boxing. Uh, maybe you could, you know, Keyshawn could explain it to me as to if this fight is supposed to be a result of good matchmaking or if it's just opportunistic uh, uh, matchmaking, more or less. Well, okay. Uh, can you expand on to what you mean by, like, uh, the frustration of it? Because, like, this is two top 10 pound-for-pound fighters in the world. At the end of the day, like... If Volk went up and then just got murked by Islam, would you would you feel the same way? You know, like it, like certain people just kind of can't you this, can't go up and me, win the title, right? No, no. This this to me feels closer to like asking uh, Volkanovski uh, to actually no. It feels closer to like asking Max to fight a um, Colby Covington if it was just stand up, and I think Colby Covington would do a pretty good job of keeping the fight consistent on the feet. Well, considering I would say that that's, next, like the size difference, that's not fair. You're jumping down to a 145, right? This is only you're you're talking about a 14 pound gap. So I'm trying to find okay, even Islam jumping up. If he fought Leon Edwards and he, then he got killed, like you right. can't be like, well, then it's just no, it's, not it's not so much. That's well, we're talking about Crawford, right? This is this what this fight oh, was. Oh, I thought Chimel, we were talking Charlo, about what this fight is that just happened, Charlo versus Canelo, because I thought you were yeah. talking about the fights you just seen. So I'm uh, I'm a bit confused. Yeah, so th- what what I'm trying to elaborate is, is that it feels frustrating to see this kind of a fight where it's like we're getting told this is going to be a very competitive fight. It's a very you know close like 
this is like a hard it's undisputed right it's a, it's for all four of canelo's 168 pound belts right super middleweight yeah so then we see a non-68 pound fighter fight a 68 pound unified champion and it's not even close yep that's what i mean yes that's exactly that's, what by, i just, just said by those definitions that's what i mean yeah, that's exactly what I just said, though. If Islam moved up and got destroyed by Leon Edwards, how would you feel? It wouldn't feel too great because Islam never fought in, inside the UFC at 170. Mm. So you don't Whereas feel like he had competed, should move if, up if Islam fights. competed at 170, if Islam competed at 170 and be a top 10 fighter in 170, okay, it'd be slightly different. Okay, well, maybe he's just not ready for that title fight yet. I don't think Charlo, the brother who fought at 154 ever competed at 168 correct no no never so that's what i mean that's what i mean it it feels like we're just kind of grabbing at names that are available rather than having the overturn of competitors that canelo should be fighting is isn't benavidez a guy that i keep hearing about a 168 pound uh, fighter Oh, yeah. Benavidez is definitely a guy that people would love to see Canelo fight. But I would counter with saying that two things. One, there's no benefit to a champion to move up and not fight another champion. Any champion that's moving up, you're usually fighting a guy for the belt. Because at the end of the day, if you're going up and you're fighting a top 10 contender, you're now dropping your belts most of the time to go and fight a fight that's going to draw you infinitely less money. So at like whether it's MMA or boxing, no one wants to really move up to just fight contenders. That that's just not what's going to happen. So guys are going to move up to fight for the belt. And if a guy jumps up too many divisions, unfortunately, it's going to be a really hard task for you to take it. Not that it's never happened. I mean, Roy Jones Jr. jumped up to heavyweight. He was able to take a belt. He skipped cruiserweight to do that. There's people that skip two weight classes and take belts. It happens. Pacquiao's done it. It happens. But it's just not common. And when you go in there with Canelo, you're like you're talking about a guy that's knocked out most of the other top guys at 168, not the newer crop, Benavidez and Morel, but you know, Plant, those guys, he's beaten them. So he's obviously a cut above them. Who's to say Charlo doesn't go in there and look way different against any of those guys? The comparison is basically to say like it. it you can't judge the one performance and then say, oh, well, then this matchup was sold to be competitive to us because certain people just get blown through, even in your own division. When Volk, like, when Volk blows through Ortega or whoever else, it's not like, oh, well, this was sold to us to be competitive. Like, it's just, it is what it is. A guy is a good fighter and he can beat other good p- fighters. But when a top 10 pound for pound fighter tops another, fights another top 10 pound for pound fighter, like, that's, that has to be respected. That has to be looked at as that's going to be a good fight. No, no, agreed, agreed. Well, what I would say is, would you consider Charlo, uh, Charlo uh, not the 60 pound uh, champion, but the 154 pound champion? The smaller Charlo, a pound-for-pound fighter. Well, the smaller, the smaller Charlo is. Yeah, I don't even understand. Like when people think the bigger, who is the bigger Charlo beaten that he's better than no, the smaller Charlo? No, what I'm Charlo? saying is, which one? No, which not, one? Which one is the uh, one that has the most belts? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's 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 the smaller Charlo. He's the undisputed champion. Okay, at so is he? Would you? Okay, so would you consider him a pound-for-pound fighter? Yeah, hundred percent. He's the undisputed okay, champion at okay. one fifty-four. 
Okay, so has has he defended his belt multiple times or his series of belts multiple times? He defended like because you have to gain one belt. He's defended his belt. He hasn't defended the undisputed title, but okay, almost no one has defended the undisputed title. That that brings up okay, a quick that, question for me. Of, that, that's what I mean. Like, so these fighters that are moving up and you know, like we're getting all these big fights. Is that holding up the divisions at all? Yes and no. It kind of just kind of depends. So 154 didn't have any contenders outside of Tim Zoo. They were scheduled to fight. He got hurt. And then he ended up getting the Canelo fight. So in theory, yes, 154 is being held up, except he got stripped of the WBO belt as soon as the bell was, ra- bell was rang. So it's not held up. Tim Zoo's now the WBO champion. It's fine. As far as defending... Yeah, just it's boxing politics. As far as keeping these undisputed belts, there's there's multiple reasons why undisputed champion doesn't happen. And people talk about it like this is this is a new thing that's become where everyone expects people to become undisputed. This wasn't always a thing because in the early 2000s, the mid 2000s, the late 2010s, the early 2010s, everyone realized the sanctioning bodies are bleeding these guys dry. You hold a belt, they take three percent of your purse. So if you want to hold all four belts. They're now taking, you guys want to do the math here, 12% of your purse. So you can lose millions of dollars just to hold basically a paperweight. If one of these guys wins all four belts and then drops one, two, or even three of them, what does that change about them being actually the champion? Nothing. No one stops viewing them as the champ. No one stopped viewing Floyd as the champ. He would always drop belts. No one stopped viewing these guys as champion. The only thing that happens is he had to work the sanctioning well, the, the difference was with Floyd is that he had to work his way to become an undisputed champion, correct? He had to fight all the other champions Flo- to build Floyd's his never, first. Well, Floyd's never been undisputed champion, and tr- that's what Charlo did, yeah, but Floyd's never been undisputed champion. He drops belts because it's stupid. Why are you holding all these belts? Well, at one point, he did hold all the belts, correct? No, Floyd Mayweather's never been undisputed champion. Uh, I had a- when- Go ahead. Can can I ask a question? Uh, when Floyd um, would like say he had three belts and then he dropped down to two belts, then would the purse like would someone else win that third belt? And then would that guy be not viewed as the real champion? Like, would it be like, oh, but Floyd is the still the champion even though some other guy won this championship belt? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what would happen. You're correct. That that's exactly how it would work. So, like, for example, Floyd Mayweather, Shane Mosley won the WBA belts. So he was WBA lineal champion and, and the number one welterweight basically to fight for Floyd. Floyd fought him, but Floyd didn't want to pay the sanctioning fee. So the WBA belt got dropped. No one was like, oh, well, now these guys aren't the top welterweight. People were just like, well, whoever's the WBA champion, they don't really matter. They're, oh. Yeah. It's the belt got dropped. No one cared for a while. No one cared about these belts. And then now all of a sudden it's like everyone has to be undisputed. When Floyd beat Pacquiao, he had three of the belts. He dropped WBO right away. No one was like, well, Pacquiao's the real champ now when he won it again. No, no one cared when Pacquiao won it again. (laughs) All right. Well, I had uh, one last question about this whole boxing thing. Uh, To go back to something that Austin said earlier, Um, he said that he thought, uh, what's his face? Uh, Bud Crawford cuts a lot of weight. Uh, yeah. Is boxing weight cutting similar to UFC? To like, for some reason, I always thought they didn't cut as much weight, but is it similar to UFC yeah, levels? Yeah, most of the time. 
Crawford cuts a lot okay. of weight, though, because he used to be a wrestler. So he just comes from a different culture of weight cutting. He knows how to cut. Okay. So, yeah, he is a big cutter. Austin's correct. He's like cuts from like 180, something ridiculous. He's big. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah he's not a, a lot of that by any means. All right, well, does anyone have anything else on boxing before we move on to a new segment we want to try? Well, I actually wanted to just uh, finish up what Austin was saying because there was a point he was getting to, I feel like, but we didn't really get to it. Austin, you Which have a point? One? I, I may have forgotten it already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you could have it real quick, I was just kind of going through my notes real quick. You you were you were complaining about boxing like it was disappointed. Is that no? Oh yeah, thank you. Uh, so the the matchmaking seems to be uh, prohibitively towards stars and not building divisions. Is that something that can be addressed in the future? It, where it, in the sport of boxing, it seems that though, and and this has not always been the case where you're watching contenders eventually challenge for the title, whereas currently it's okay we're watching names fight names and then eventually other names will fight other names there's not a a ton of names as far as casual interest like a majority of people will look at crawford now though the majority of people will look at uh tyson fury uh and uh Usyk, and a majority of other people will look at a couple of other weight classes and say okay well that guy looks like he could be something that guy you know uh, Canelo himself, and then uh, I did not know who Bivol was until Canelo happened to fight him previously. So I'm boxing casual. I'll admit that. The the thing is, is is there any way that you can get more interesting contenders rather than just having the casual audience watch just the names? Or is that what boxing is designed to do? Well, that's what I feel like all combat sports are designed to do. Like in reality, right? Like, Canelo fought all these other guys, Caleb Plant, whatever. Like, those guys were guys that were built up, contenders who won belts. And none of you guys, like, boxing casuals aren't really paying attention to that. You only pay attention to who you're going to pay attention to. They paid attention to them as much as they pay attention to Benil Dariush or they pay attention to whatever other contender in the UFC, right? Like, these guys aren't headlining cards and drawing pay-per-views. They're interesting to you because you follow the sport, but a casual isn't, they don't know who Benil is. They don't, they, they're not picking him up out of lineup. They don't care about that fight. It's the same exact thing in boxing. You just have to break it down and really think about it this way, right? It, you have to look at who do casuals care about in MMA? They only care about a select few names in lineup. That's how it's going to work in boxing, right? What happened, like all these, everything I find that like, um, is I guess con- not not and I don't mean to say this in like a derogatory way, but I guess confusing or off-putting for MMA fans and boxing. Most of the time, if you break it down, it actually just has a direct comparison in MMA. All these alphabet soup of belts, while they're stupid, boxing doesn't have promotions, so they're basically the little promotions of belts. All these little stuff that happen in between the politics of oh the names fighting the names. That's all these guys jumping divisions. That's Colby Covington getting a title shot right now at welterweight. That's all the same things. It's all the same stuff in reality. Unfortunately, combat sports and fight promotions are around names that people want to see. That's always what it's going to be. 
And it, the divisions can build themselves up, but that's what boxing always really has been. Like Muhammad Ali coming out of jail, getting a shot. Yeah, um, it, it was it was great and all. He he was still the champ. He never lost it. But you're three years out of jail. You haven't fought. Maybe you should earn your way back up, right? There's people who are contenders, but no, he kind of jumped the ladder. He's the name. Everyone wants to see him. George Foreman, people wanted to see him. Yeah, he built himself up, but it's not like George was knocking off top contenders before he got a title shot. He kind of carefully selected his way, and people were like, yeah, we want to see old George fight for the belt it's always we can go back to henry armstrong fighting um sugar ray robinson back in the day it's always been names are going to fight names and that's what people want to see in boxing and that's what people want to see in fight sports right fair enough um i guess i always kind of considered it as a is there a thing that we can all kind of point to and say like you said it's just what the math that the hardcores have to do for both sports I don't think it, yeah. Most people don't pay attention because they just want to see who's fighting on the TV, right? Main events and whatnot. I feel like the difference between the two sports is that boxing has to survive off of the names. MMA does not, per how the UFC does their uh, majority of their uh, sales. They've made a lot of their pay per views not substantially dependent on the names that they promote. The names just happen to be someone else that kind of give them an additional. Okay, uh, so and so is going to be here at December, maybe fighting for a belt. We don't know. Whereas boxing, it has to cater to the names because otherwise the the money that they can generate is very limited. Most it's also cultural too. Uh, Luke Thomas talks about it all the time. I think uh, there's more fans who have grown up with boxing and only watch boxing that are very strict on who they watch, and that caters to how they promote the fight. Whereas in MMA, they put on an event and they know there's going to be hardcores that are going to watch no matter what. It doesn't matter where they put it on. doesn't matter how they put it on. They know, even if it's at the apex, they know people will watch. Boxing is kind of different, I guess. That's, that's kind of what I was getting to, where it's like the two cultures are separate, yet slightly similar. I would say That's yes all. and no, though. So when you break down things, you're saying like, oh, uh, the revenue they can generate. Boxing generates even so I don't even have to go like the big fights. Boxing generates significantly more revenue in gates because they can sell more expensive tickets. People are willing to put more money into boxing shows, even at the lowest level. The shows I see locally in Toronto at the Hershey Center, uh, the tickets are more expensive there than any local MMA show I've tried to buy tickets to. And that's just the general mission. I'm not talking tables. You want to go get tables at local boxing shows. You're talking hundreds like three four five hundred dollars at time there's no five hundred dollar seats at super local mma shows people can sit near cage side for three hundred dollars at a bellator show or a pfl show like there, there's no comparison into the amount of money that's ever generated even at the local level in boxing versus mma so reality wise while you can say it survives off the names i actually think there's a stronger community of just people willing to put money down watching boxing versus mma that's why boxing can do boxing will do pay-per-view cards with guys that you guys aren't even really like following like that yet but they'll bring them out because at the end of the day people are willing to put a little bit of money behind them like non-title they don't have to put anything that's worth like for, for example ruiz versus chris Ariola. like these aren't guys that are heavy draws it's the equivalent of curtis blades and somebody else being the the main event of a pay-per-view and they were able to draw 150,000 buys mighty mouse couldn't even draw 100,000 buys like 
there's people that are UFC champions not drawing 150,000 buys on a card. Like, people are willing to put money in boxing. It just happens like that. So I don't understand why. I couldn't point to it. But there's just, I guess, if we were able to look at the statistics, the demographics that follow, maybe there's more of a, like, because you say it's older, it's cultural, maybe there's more of an upper middle class following of it versus MMA is a lot more of a younger following. So you're getting a lot of younger guys who are willing to spend money, but they may not have as much because they're younger. And when you're older now, older people are having more of the money because the way the economy is working and jobs and the market. So it could be something related to that. We'd have to analyze it. I don't know. I can't say but boxing doesn't really rely on its names as much as you would think i think it just relies on its names to bring in the casuals but that's what ufc does too at the end of the day that's what all combat sports do if you look at espn they have a deal with top rank they're very happy with it that's i'm pretty sure a billion dollar deal they're drawing a lot of money as well and top rank puts on a bunch of fights they put on fights like like every week, every other week type thing. Showtime, Showtime. Now they're getting out the boxing business, but that has more to do with Showtime, CBS, Viacom collapsing. That has more to do with them being a bad media company, nothing to do with boxing. But they were drawing great numbers. They would draw on a subscription-only channel the same type of numbers that UFC is drawing on ESPN, a free channel. They're drawing nearly, they're drawing under a million, same thing with Showtime boxing matches. So you have to think about those type of stuff too. And those Showtime boxing matches are not having big draws or big names on boxing only puts those big names on PPV. So that's, that's a thing. Well, that was interesting. Uh, that's a very good take. A lot of it was over my head, but uh, I'll certainly uh, try to process that. I'm actually trying to not be such a boxing casual and get more into it. But in the name of the time here, I'd like to push things along to a uh, new kind of fun segment we were going to try out where we're each kind of our own fight promotion and we're going to build our own dream teams, picking one fighter from each weight class to represent us. And I think we get started with the uh, women 115 pound division. Uh, maybe Lem can go first. Maybe she has something for us. Maybe just tell us what fighter and like a brief uh, reason why you want them as your uh, person. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, I feel like it's too obvious, but I would probably start off with Wei Li or Zhang Wei Li. Uh, hopefully I said it in the right way. No, um, I, no, 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 Wei Li Zhang. Wei Li Zhang? No, I don't believe you. It's Zhang Wei Li. No, I thought it was. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I think, I think it's Zhang spelled Wei Li. Wei Li Zhang, but you say Zhang. Yeah, I think you say Zhang Wei Li, but it's spelled out on paper Wei Li Zhang. Anyways, I, uh, um, yeah, she just seems like I was tricked into thinking Lemosh maybe had something against her, but she just kind of seems way better than everyone else. Like, Andrage is kind of fading and, you know. Rose has her issues and moved up a weight class, so I think Wei Li is kind of the obvious person. Although I'll also say I'm neglecting other promotions a lot, so there might be a really obvious person in another promotion to draft. Well, that's a great answer. Uh, so we got uh, Zhang Wei Li for Lam. How about you, Austin? Who's your 115-pound uh, strawweight? Well, she took mine, so I have to find another. Bye. I'm just... You can do this, Austin. 
<laughs> You've never done a draft before, I see. No. Well, no, we we had it. You know what? No, I'm just gonna leave it alone. Just gonna leave it alone. It's fine. <laughs> um, you know what? I'll go with a Yan Jan. Yeah, Yan Janan. Yan Janan. That's who I will go with. Yep, that's who I will go with. I will go with Yan Janan because she actually impressed me in her last fight. She knocked out Jessica Andrade. Although Andrade was kind of doing the, the, you know, the very silly thing that she does, where she thinks she can take every single strike that can come at her chin, and sure enough, and leave, you know, leave her chin open for a check hook or a straight right. Didn't work this time, and uh, she did it more impressively than Tatiana Suarez did. And I don't even think Tatiana Suarez is going to be a future champion. I said it. It is what it is. Um, so Yanja Nan is who I will pick for my women's 115-pound division. I love it. All right, how about you, Kishan? All right, well, then I'm going with, and please uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I probably am, uh, Jing Nanjong, uh, the one strawweight champion. Uh, I think she's an absolute monster, and if I'm starting a promotion, I need somebody that can help me uh, delve into the Chinese market. So, yeah, I'm taking the Chinese superstar out of one. Um, absolute beast. She's 18 and two. She has a win over Angela Lee and uh, two wins over Angela Lee now, actually, now that I think about it. And yeah, I just think she can be a beast. All right. Well, I'm going to kind of cheat here. I'm going to go, with, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Adam weight, but it's not really Adam weight. Cause it's one Adam weight. So that's 125 pounds or 115 pounds. So I'm gonna go with Stamp Fair Tax, 125 pounds. Ooh. You just I want her she... because she dances. Because what? Yeah, because she dances. Cause yeah, she that's dances. number one. Yes. But it's really good. I love that energy before fights, and uh, you gotta have someone fun. And she's a hell of a fighter. I don't think she'll be she'll you know be the very best fighters, but I don't need all my fighters to win. I just want to have a good time. <laughs> and so now I guess we'll go on to. Uh, is that flyweight, women's flyweight? And yep. I will go first. I will go first this time. And I think I'm actually going to pick Mackenzie Dern. This sounds weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think Divorce Dern might actually be a hell of a fighter. And I think she's constantly improving. And she's another one that's just going to be on my fun party team. So Wait, a flyweight? Flyweight, yeah. Yeah, she's fought a flyweight. It- no. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the wrong thing. I'll fix it. Hold no, on. She's... Did I pick the wrong thing to begin with? Were we supposed to be f- picking 115 originally? or No, that's that's what we started with. You did, it. You oh, did pick a 115. just chose somebody. Yeah, you did pick a 115. I picked a 115. <laughs> they just yeah, decided to go. Here. It's, it's quiz day. I also initially thought thought that we were just picking from any weight class. Like, it was just supposed to be you pick your picks. So then, like, you just... No, it goes goes to the one... I think it it would probably... It could be the one weight class, so it, like, you know, makes it more interesting. But we're going to snake it, so it's fine. Okay, that makes sense. No, it's fine with me. I was just making sure I got... Because I was confused with the format at first. It was like, okay, we're going one by one. Thought we were doing anything, but all right. Yeah, well, you picked... Mackenzie Dern is not at five weight. I'm still fine. yeah. Yeah, no, no, she no. hasn't. I don't think. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit that out, and I'll, I'll actually do a little <laughs> better this time. 
Oh, sorry. She <laughs> fought at a bunch of catch weights above straw weight, but she hasn't fought at flyweight. My bad. That's what I'm. Yeah, um, she's literally missed weight, but they've always classified it as a fly, uh, straw weight fight. So it's like, fine. Dave can. Dave has to just redo his pick. That's all. That's all. You could. You could pick her if you want. If you think she would be great for a 125 promotion. No, Dave has to live with his shame. <laughs> I don't have to live with shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I edit this stuff. I can do whatever I want, dude. You say this. <laughs> you say this. This is true. All right. I'm going to do a little, a couple seconds break, and then I'm going to go. Okay. Wow, this is cheating, Dave. Oh, God damn it. All right. <laughs> for my flyweight, I'm going to go. I'm going to go first. And for my flyweight, I'm picking Queen of Violence, Arian Lipsky. I think she's a hell of a fighter. I think on the best night, she can beat the world. And she gets to be on my team. Next, we nice. will go to Lem for her flyweight pick. Wait, no, Snake Draft. Is my no, it's not. Next. It's not Snake, me. Yeah, Snake. I'm not yeah, next. Snake. Snake. So I don't know what Snake K, Draft uh, is. I thought, I thought it goes. I, <laughs> it goes to case. It goes to K. Shot. Because Lem went first. Then it comes to me. Then, then it goes to Lem. Yeah. No, Sean. you did. You did. You did it right. You did it right. Yeah, you did it right because you went twice. So you're fine. So then, so Keyshawn goes, and then Austin, and then Lem, and then. Yes. yes Lem will go. Yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. It just sneaks yeah. back and forth. Okay, that so for Good my draft. pick, um, picking Alexa Grasso, you know, you'll see Flyweight Champion, obviously a beast, and I need to tap into that Mexican market. I'm thinking about my markets, guys. Think about your markets. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. Why? Why? Why think about your markets? <laughs> money. <laughs> no, he sure likes money. Never mind. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know what? I'll just I'll just settle for uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Because guess what? There's a majority of MMA fans that think she won her last fight, even though I personally don't think so. But guess what? I'm just going to cash in on that. I'll take <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko. I'll take her sassy ass and have her weird uh, Russian esque accent and all of her little fanboys will follow her. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Facts. All right, so Lam? Uh, I'm going to pick Rose, partly because I don't like anyone at this division, and partly because I think she did look good despite being small and despite losing to Manon Fioro. So... Yeah, I'm going to pick Rose. Also, people like her, so that's good for promotions, too. And I'm also going to make sure we've neglected Blanchfield and make everyone mad that we don't have Blanchfield in any of our promotions. You just did that on purpose, didn't you? Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God damn it. That's my new Austin. Yeah, they were... Whatever. Fine, fine, fine. Whatever. This is what it is. We've already committed to this. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So I guess. We're... Oh, and it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I just realized that I'm picking again next, yes, and again, I'm excited that I get to pick for women's bantamweight because this is a really stupid division, <laughs> and so there's only really stupid options. Uh, so I think I'm gonna pick Myra Bueno Silva because I I like her cool Muay Thai stance when she fights and I think she looks cool and everyone sucks anyway so I'm picking her 
And also you neglecting are... other championships as usual. <laughs> you only picked now, are you okay with the drug testing situation? What? Are you okay with the drug testing situation? Yes, she tested positive for, like, a metabolite of some, uh, like, ant. No, it wasn't an antidepressant, but it was like an ADD, ADHD, ADHD. med or something, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's fine, and probably they sh she shouldn't be suspended for that unless it, like, maybe they, like, tested high levels and it's not normal amounts for ADHD meds, and we don't know. But to me, I think I'm sticking with her despite this. And maybe I won't be, maybe this promotion won't have, uh, like any drug testing anyway, so maybe it won't matter. Yeah. <laughs> so you run one of those promotions. Oh yeah, huh? we didn't we, we didn't state who we were before, you know. I'm 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 running Bellator. This is Bellator I'm drafting for, so I only have uh piss tests. You guys already know that. Fine, you guys are gonna be bought out by PFL anyway. <laughs> Dave uh, is one. I'm one. Yes. Lem is so that UFC. No, no Lem can't be UFC because the drug testing. Maybe she's KSW. What's the juicy story? <laughs> what? No, Risen. She's either Risen is or KSW. Rising? Which one do you want? Risen? All right, I'm Risen. I'll be KSW. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> we have no UFC promotion. No, no. No, no one wants to test. True, true. Wait, that is true. Did somebody fail in one the other day? Crazy enough. I think Chatri planted think, the positive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's, that's probably the point of on the that's main card. Look... Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's me next, right? Yeah, Bantamweight. Uh, I will pick Rocky Raquel Pennington. He's on All a right. win streak. Everybody likes Rocky, even though she tends to only fight Holly Holm in the clinch for some reason. But it's fine. Fine. She doesn't have to fight. Holly home because Myra Buena Silva took her out of the out of the rankings or possibly not. I don't know. We, that's still weird. Anywho, Rocky's on an actual winning streak in this division. Granted, it's not against high level talent, which is not very plentiful in this division to begin with. But it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Raquel should probably be next in line for the belt, but at the same time. I think there's not a whole lot of people that dislike her, and the fact that Juliana Pena doesn't like her is a reason for me to like her. So I'll take her. Very interesting. All right. You um, next pick is mine, and um, this is a hard one, guys. Uh, after after a long time scouting, I figured that I would go with the woman <laughs> with the most talent. The woman that just lights the world on fire with her mythical jab where she ducks with it. Where she was <laughs> able to take out giants with just one punch. I'm talking oh God. the woman, the myth, the legend, Juliana Pena. As Hell has yeah. Said, Juliana <laughs> is, is I hate definitely... your promotion. I hope it goes under just for this. Juliana is definitely bringing a little bit of the Hispanic market. They love their Mexican Americans, especially the women. So they're they're gonna tune in for her. MMA fans love to hate her, so they're gonna tune in to watch her lose. And to top yeah. it, yeah, I know she'll talk some dumb shit in interviews, which is great <laughs> for going viral. So Juliana Pena, she is going to lead my women's welterweight division into madness. <laughs> 
I don't know if that's stability, but I guess if you were trying to get the quick cash, that's fine. <laughs> all right. Well, for oh, me, listen. Once she loses the bell, we're shutting the division down. Okay, it's all about her. <laughs> it's not even women's featherweight. It's women's bantamweight. You have people; they exist. It's not like it's they don't exist. No, we're just shutting it down. It's Juliana oh, weight. God. Oh Jesus Christ! All right. Well, for Go me, ahead, I think I'm gonna go with. Capology, she's number 33 ranks, Bantamweight in the world, Ronda Rousey. I know she hasn't fought in a long time. She's retired. The fuck out of here. Her Achilles heel is gone. Amanda News isn't fine anymore. I still think she beats the rest of the division. And oh she's still a huge draw. I come in, I have the best fighter. And the biggest selling fighter, Ronda Rousey. She hasn't fought in like five There's years. There's no Dave. retired fighters, Dave. She retired. She said, she stated she is retired. You have to pick an active fighter. She's coming back for UFC 300, and she's on the topology rankings. Like, there's nothing this I can do not with my hand. Topology rankings don't mean anything. She is retired. This is confirmed she's retired, and her contract is controlled by the UFC. So until she's back in the USADA testing pool, which confirms she's unretired, she is retired, Dave. You need another pick, you cheater. No, this is not allowed. And UFC contracts don't exist. So. Okay, but my whole point is that that's proof she's still retired. She would be tested well, if she's not retired. Technically, technically, her contract may have been one of those where there was a sunset clause. So, she, like she most still of the stated fighters she's retired. In her, era, in her era, there is usually a sunset clause that's not in perpetuity. That, that's fine. Uh, she imagine. still stated she retired. Until she I said she's out of retirement. That. I understand that. But I'm <laughs> saying there is a possibility. There is a possibility. But neither here nor there. Dave has made his choice. His, his promotion will sink just like all of yours. It's fine. I will make a note that you object. And <laughs> I object to cheating. <laughs> I object to cheating, Dave. Yes. Well. But since we are cheating, trust me, my next pick will be great. Uh, uh, Dave, what have you done? What have you done? Chatri does what Chatri wants. He's coming back for UFC God, 300. God. He's just mad that he All didn't right. think of it. It's a great pick. It's okay. All right, so with this so whole we... snake system, do I go next again? Wait, hold on, yes, hold sir. on. Are we including women's featherweight? Yes, yeah. women's featherweight is rankings, and you better pick oh, somebody. Oh, God, I hate you guys. Oh, okay, I have a pick. Great. For featherweight? Yes. Okay. But I... Well, I'm going to go with Larissa Pacheco. She's God the best 145-pounder on the face of the earth. I've been on Team Pacheco since day one. I've been rooting for her. I really wanted her to beat fucking Harrison every time. She finally did it the last time. I think she's the best in the world. No-brainer. I go first. I pick Pacheco. All right, so my next pick, I'm picking Tapology number 81, ranked Gina Carano. I know she hasn't fought in a while, but she's in the Fast and the Furious movies. Pretty big star. Definitely going to be a big draw for me. And, um, yeah, I'm starting my division around Gina Carano since we're just cheating now. Well, rest in peace, Carano, when she matches up with Pacheco, because that's going to be ugly as shit. She's not in my promotion. I don't need to worry about that shit. Yeah. You do need to worry whether or not she can still take a punch. She's a Hollywood actress, which means that she might not be willing to stand in bank. Brother, brother, I'm she signing would. 145 women here. We're not we're not talking I'm about just, the we're not talking about I am just saying 
I am just saying you have somebody who shows up on D-rate, or I should say D-rate movies, and occasionally a Disney movie. <laughs> and Fast and the Furious. Hold on. Fast and the Furious. That's a worldwide franchise. Hold on. I, I got mean, a great idea. I do have a great idea. Well, we Jesus. could do a super fight of my 135 Rousey against Keyshawn's 135. No, you can't do matchups Toronto. yet. No, you can't do this yet. <laughs> It's okay. We'll be in touch. I might be making money here. We might be making history, yeah. actually. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Watch the UFC buy both of your guys' asses up. Collapse both of your divisions just because. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Austin, who do you have? Oh, God. I didn't really get left with much because you guys took literally a name and the only name that would have mattered. But you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. There's two other great picks, bro. Three. Three other. It's, it, it, no, one is a decent pick. The other one is a questionable pick at best, and you know that. No. Let, let you, me you don't even know. A dump truck out there. Like, no one's picked dump truck yet. That's like... That's... Who? Don't you say her name like that. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Kayla Harrison. Wait, I was that to. the pick that's questionable? Yes, because she's not actually a featherweight. She's only competed at featherweight once. So Oh wow. Oh wow. Still counts. Yeah. Still counts. But that's the thing. It's like <laughs> the only other one is Norma Dumont, and I'm pretty sure Kayla all she has to do is literally hit toss her onto the ground and she wins. Did you say the only other pick? Yeah, Norma Dumont would be the only other one. Did Cyborg well, die? Cyborg doesn't even out anymore because she's boxing. No, she's what do you mean? She's literally the champion of Bellator. Yeah, she's Bellator. still the champion of Bellator. She's defending her belt at Bellator 300, dude, against Kat Zingano. This, this, this means nothing because Bellator won't have a featherweight division anymore, which means the only yeah, person she would have to fight drafting is her. Larissa Pacheco. Once she fights Larissa Pacheco, she's retiring. We already know this. No, nah, she'll fight Kayla still. That's money in that. And she'll probably fight Clarissa Shields. She's in refused MMA. to fight Kayla for fucking two and a half years. What makes you think she she's going to say yes fight, now? She didn't refuse to fight anybody. She was signed with Bellator. She Kayla was signed with PFL. absolutely said no. When? She's always Dude, said no. How, she was like when? a different organization. She can't just She was in a different and... organization. Bellator had matching yeah, right. The other organization literally said, well, let's go ahead and talk. All she ever did was say she doesn't mean anything to my actual like legacy because unlike most people, Cyborg's used to beating up bantamweights and strawweights and uh, flyweights. Uh, yeah, she never said no. I don't I don't remember that ever coming yes. out. No, she did say no. She, she never said no. no. Kayla actually went for the fight. Cyborg never said yes. When did Kayla go for the fight? PFL and Bellator have never all, promoted have once. Have you ever seen Kayla's like social media history? She's literally social, said, I want to fight. Social media Cyborg. doesn't mean anything. Yeah, Patricio. Theory, social media? Oh, my yeah. God. If you're going to go ahead and talk fighters say. Talk, yeah, crap talking, that's literally what <laughs> No, I'm, what ta I'm going Kayla off of doing. the reality. People are people. People talk shit on social media. That doesn't mean anything. She didn't leave oh she didn't leave God. PFL because she couldn't. You can still ask for the fight. Cool. If you can't ask for the fight on social media, that's not at least what, what are you going to do. <laughs> What okay? What does that do for anybody? Oh, I asked for a fight between two promotions that have never co-promoted. They never if they worked together. If they don't bother to actually bring it up, then are they actually looking for the fight? No, which means that they said no. By definition, yes. if you don't acknowledge it, you're saying no. 
I guess a Pitbull, Pitbull wanted Alexander Volkanovsky. I guess Volk said no because Volk's Volk didn't he didn't want to acknowledge he didn't want to do anything. Yeah, because the UFC said no. That's that's <sighs> literally what happened. <laughs> We're kind of cherry picking here. Like that fight was never an option the way the contracts work. Yeah, um, you're 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 call you're saying she said no for a fight that never was uh, on the table. It is now, <laughs> and I guarantee you she's got to snake her way out of it just like usual. <laughs> All right. Well, in the interest of time, let's see if Lem's back yet. Yeah, you guys, okay, from the sounds of it, you skipped all sorts of amazing possible featherweights. We did. Uh, such as Megan Anderson, I'm guessing you skipped her, but I'm not picking her. And you obviously <laughs> skipped Cyborg. But I will pick Norma Dumont-Viana. I told because you. She'll, I be, she'll, be, <laughs> she'll be great for the promotion. Everyone loves to watch her fights. And she she can she can thicken up for 145, and everyone will be happy with that. Nope. Sorry, I just <laughs> yeah, need to defend much. the honor of Cyborg. She said, "Quote: Call why? Scott Coker. Why, why this fight happened. She's a big girl. She can defend herself. It's fine. She's not here. She said we can do it. Winner takes all. She said, let's do the fight. Yeah. Now that the promotions are going to collapse together, it's a possibility." <laughs> All right, so flyweight, man, 125. God damn it. <laughs> I think it's Lem's turn. <laughs> oh, yes. Or wait. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. Um, flyweight, I will pick Mateus Nicolau. I didn't think weight? too hard about this. Oh, yeah, nope. wait. Men's oh. strawweight does not count. Okay, let's count. do nope. strawweight. Men's nope. strawweight does nope. count. No, it doesn't. All right, men's straw weight, I will pick no one because I don't have an answer. Yes, agreed. There is no answer. Okay, so there probably is. Then. I just don't watch I pick those Jared Brooks. Um, he's an absolute beast. I think I could build a straw weight division around him. And since these other two people don't have any straw weight divisions, I have all of them signed to myself. Go, Dave. True. Uh, my promotion doesn't have room for 115 pound men. So, sorry. <laughs> nice. I get them all. Good luck. Good luck making money off of 115 pound men. It's fine. I will in Asia. Almost <laughs> all their boxing champions are basically that weight. Yes. All right. They're boxers. That's different. This is MMA. You, they they People, have it in one they... for a reason. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not even that popular. It's fine. I think you might just be wrong on this one. I'm I'm admitting that I'm just like neglectful not watching these, but I'm pretty sure those guys are really popular in like, elsewhere in the world. Definitely, yeah. mm, mm, mm. I'll, I'll die in the cell. It's fine. Yeah, I'm concentrating on the USA market, so I only want like the huge names, and we're not that familiar with 115 pound men. So that, that's because you're a racist, Dave. So it's okay. <laughs> I'm a racist. I'm kidding, guys. Dave, Dave is not. Dave is not a racist. He's just a proud American. He bleeds red, white, God and blue. Goddamn right. I do bleed red, white, yeah. and blue. He was in the service. He's a. <laughs> he's a I'm sitting under American yeah. flag right now. Drinking flaps blue Fuck ribbon. Gangster. That's against flag code. Yeah, I was gonna say y'all can break the flag code right for some <laughs> military men. Hmm. Uh, Jesus Christ. My next? No, I don't know. Well, like, yeah, like, Dave is next, and he has to pick a flyweight. Yeah. All right, so for flyweight, 
I think I'm going to go with uh, Raw Dog, Brandon Royval. <laughs> <laughs> He's really he good. He's actually been surprising me lately with his performances. And if I'm going to be honest, I'm just picking up for the nickname. That's all I got. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, for my pick, I'm going with Brandon Moreno. Gotta hit the Mexican market, guys. You know where I'm going with this. We're building it up. We got a couple of them now, and I think people are really liking where the company's going. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, he's a, a, not even, he's not even a champion of the UFC currently. He's uh, lost to Alex Pants. But I'm not going to pick Alex Pants. I'm actually going to pick Kyorgi or Yuchi. A man beautiful, who has beaten Manuel Cape. He has the capabilities of beating most of the top 10 in this division. So I'll pick Kyorji or Gucci, please. Thank you. That's a good pick. Um, I am going to pick Mateus Nicolau, even though we're leaving Pantoja on the table, and I love Pantoja. But I kind of feel like I don't know. I know Nicolau like recently lost. I just feel like he's really good and also fly also I'm totally neglecting other promotions and there's definitely other good flyweights. Um but you say this. <laughs> but I think I don't know, I think at least in the UFC, like everyone is I don't know, they're all kind of on the same level and really good. I feel like it just kind of depends on the night. And I mm. feel like Mateus Nicolau could have a bunch of really good nights against the right opponents. You just have to show up, just like most of them do. And more often than not, like, it is a flip of the coin. I mean, hell, like, Brandon lost to Pantoja twice, and he almost could have beaten him again in this fight. He just, it was a tough fight. It's a tough matchup for him. So, you know, but... The division is literally one of those divisions where anybody can beat anybody on any given night. I, yeah. Yeah. It's a tough bit division to pick from. All right, so let's move on to uh, Bantamweight here. And I think, uh, Lam, it's your turn to go again. Yeah. This one is a hard one. This one, I actually like some guys in other promotions, although one was already picked for another weight class, which is probably a way better choice. Anyways, um, <laughs> I'm. It's a. It's tough to pick between because I was gonna pick the possibly most skilled guy, but I might just be swayed by my favorite guy. And I'm. I don't think either of my picks are great for my possible picks are great for like promoting fights. But I think I kind of just want to have Marab Devolish Feely because I kind of think he's overall the best at bantamweight. Even though I think he could, he there's people he could lose to. I think having him in my promotion, knowing that he's just like possibly the best bantamweight, I'd be pretty happy with that. He's underrated. He's definitely underrated. Good pick. Good pick. At Austin. All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna have to do the thing that I didn't want to do, and I'm probably gonna have to pick somebody that I didn't want. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, I want to. I'll, I'll take Sean O'Malley. God damn it! I don't want to pick him. <laughs> I really, I really didn't want to pick him. I don't know why. I, I just he's I not on my list. 
<laughs> I know. That's, I figured. So <laughs> just I'm looking, and right now I'm like, he actually knocked out Aljamain Sterling. He somehow managed to get a win over Peter Jan. And now we're looking at him possibly being one of the pound-for-pound best in this division. Um, I did not foresee this. His fame yeah. <laughs> is almost as good as his quality of fighting, as well as just his casual appeal. Just, you know, it, it seems to spark, you know, many fans alike with the ability to color their hair and do drugs while watching his fights. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I mean, if they're going to do it while watching and paying for it, I have no objection. So I'll take Sean O'Malley, and I will gladly be happy to give him a re- rematch the minute he loses to his next contender. That is a great pick. Absolutely awesome. And basically the only one that anyone should have taken for a Bantamweight because <laughs> everybody else is off fucking dime. Um, so yeah, now that we're stuck with all of these guys that we're paying to basically do nothing, I'm going to pick Patchy Mix, who I think is probably the best Bantamweight in the world right now. Um, yeah, I think he's just that guy, and even though he basically couldn't bring flies to a pile of shit, um, I definitely think he's going to be a good part of there, my promotion. There's a part of me that thinks he can draw the minute he gets into a bigger promotion. Maybe, maybe, but he just got drafted to Bellator, so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, that's fair, that's fair. Okay. We should do a second round of this, just so we can figure out if we can get a second yeah. opinion. <laughs> well, we've, we've left out a lot of good people. Like, no one's done, like, Pettis or Mighty Mouse or some people like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's monsters that are in that we still Yeah, I... Yeah. I want to... Well, no, I'll let... Uh, wait, someone has to pick still, right? Yeah, I have to pick. Yeah, Dave. I'm going to go Big further Dave. down the rankings, and I'm going to pick future champ Umar Nurmagomedov. I think he's a killer. Great I like that. Dermy. What's that? He's a champion in waiting. That's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit? Man, that's everyone's bullshit. coming no, after No, that's a pick. good pick. That's a, no, that's a good pick. I Yeah, that's a good pick. I think he's really talented. I think he's like in the middle of his like Islam or Khabib-like run. He's going to be a champion. And uh, even if not, I love his fighting style for Nurmagomedov, and I want him on my team. So I'm picking Umar. <laughs> Hell yeah. Great. All right. So I guess we'll get into uh, featherweight now. And once again, I'm yes. going to go unorthodox and I'm going to pick Cub Swanson. What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you? <laughs> it's my dream team. It's my organization. I'll match him up in the <laughs> I guess. I love I Cub Swanson. I love his fight style. I want him on my team. He's cool as hell. Uh, you know, I just want him on team one, so he's my guy. <laughs> Dax, I swear to God, if you pick the person I'm thinking of, I will have a hatred that will never cease. <laughs> I mean, there's only two options you can go with. One, we can still be cheating, and I can go with a really good option, no, or I can no. go with just a logical cheat. one. No. Cheat, 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 cheat. We're cheating? It, We're Shut still up. cheating? Yeah. No, don't listen to Dave. It's, don't listen to Dave. Go Austin, I think Austin, Austin is about to cheat, and that's why oh, he doesn't want Keyshawn to cheat. Oh. No, no, I, I was playing fair. I am playing fair. You can pick whoever you're going to pick. I'm just telling you, don't pick the one that I'm picking. <laughs> uh, 
I don't like. Uh. All right. All right. Since we're cheating, since we established cheating earlier, I'm going with Terrence Crawford, <laughs> high school wrestler, uh, amazing hair. Yes, fucking serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. See, this I is what you it. did, Dave. This is what you did. This I is love what you did. All bums. Oh my god. <laughs> love it. Dude, it's a squash match for Cub. Like, fuck you. Let him have Terrence. Oh my god. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no. I'm not co promoting no. a fight against Cub. You're crazy. Not until he develops his skills. Nope. Crawford's getting 20 fights deep before. Yes, I don't have to co promote anyone. It's my promotion. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you heard Austin earlier, but evidently it's not up to you. It's up to the fighters, so. You should have luck. This is true. This is true. This is true. <laughs> I like that, though. You That's know what? Great. Okay. This, that's bullshit. That's a fucking bullshit pick. But I'm going to take Max Holloway, and he'll fucking judo toss your ass and then elbow you into submission. It should be fine. It's fine. Because Max can never be knocked out. And it's not like Bud can actually submit people, so it's fine. He's just a monster wrestler who'll never get taken down ever. Gold. He's never had a chance to show his wrestling ever. So until he and can, and it's not. What like do you mean? The he first was a high school wrestler. Do, if you don't use it, point. you lose it. He's been boxing like, for the past twenty years. All the time. <laughs> he's he's literally been boxing for the past twenty years. You have bro, to read. Bro, wrestling's like riding a bike. Wrestling's like riding you a bike. Gaethje, you know it. He was a awesome wrestler. Can't wrestle to save his life. You know it's not the same. Wrestling, riding the bike, same, 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 same. Yeah, no, it's not. You have to get used to it. You have to get your hips back into motion. You have to kind of oil the hip sides and then kind of get back into stretching. You know, you got to kind of lumber up your legs and hips and whatnot. I think and he does all of that pretty regularly. With all, with all the I women mean, he does and the women I see, he does that pretty, pretty regularly. I think he's good. a married man. He's not sharing that around the block. <laughs> Oh, you leave, man. You, leave, you, you still believe in loyal athletes? Oh, you're so cute, yes. Austin. <laughs> I mean, hey, if a married man like me can be loyal, I believe he can. No, 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 we can. I don't believe them. My girlfriend's friend spotted LeBron. You know what? I can't even get into all that in this podcast. Yeah, you know, so let's, not, let's, not, let's not cause an incident here. Let's just, let's just get back to the Okay, okay, draft. okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Terrence Crawford's getting murked by everybody. Keep going, guys. Yeah. All right, Lamb. All right. I thought there were only four people possible in featherweight. I don't care about anyone else. And I was really hoping you guys would all pick them so that I could pick Patricio, one of my favorite fighters. <laughs> but instead, I'm going to pick Volkanovski because no one picked him for some reason. <laughs> Listen, he was a good fighter. I just don't think he's very. I don't just. I don't know. There's something about like what he does that he just. I don't know what it is. Like he he's really fun to watch. It's just you don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't get know. it. Uh, I get it. He's he's <sighs> such like a lovable good guy. Yeah. Where like have yes. you seen him where like um in his it. last fight weren't people or not in his last fight, but weren't people booing Islam and then he told the crowd to of like you know twenty thousand people or whatever, he's like, okay, settle down, guys, yeah, stop booing yeah, this yeah, that guy. Was he's pretty great. Heartwarming that he did that, yeah. even though he he just lost, and it's like he still like had the crowd at like in his hand. I think people just he's like one of the few people where people love him despite him being like 
not like super exciting all the time in his fights and despite being like a nice guy and not like doing the whole like crazy he's mr dependable idiot yeah yeah and people like him which is rare i think he's a good pick for a promotion and he's a really great fighter possibly one of the best so yeah i do think he's maybe in the middle of a mythical run and becoming possibly the greatest of all time. So that's a hell of a pick. Don't say that. <laughs> Am I jinxing yeah, it? Now it's gonna happen. Now it's gonna yeah, you may have jinxed it, yeah. <laughs> well you know, okay, I did it. Too late now. Too late. It you can't take it back. We've made that bad. We're sleeping it back, in it now. Dude. It is what it is. <laughs> My bad. All right. is the next new fight. So I'll put a thousand dollars on Ilya Tapuria next. <laughs> all right, so uh lightweight. Is this me? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Now, this is very different from Featherweight, where I listed, like, 12 people who I'd who I'd like to pick. Um, I think I'm... This is a, a silly pick, but I think I want to go with Dustin Poirier. I think, again, he's just, like, a likable guy, although he's more... He's maybe a bit more spicy than Volk. I like how he politely tells people he no, I don't know. He politely tells people to go fuck themselves. Um, he does do that, yeah. and he has you know a fun, cool, like interesting boxing style. And yet he's a really good fighter. He's not the best, but I think he's he's the guy for my promotion at this time. <laughs> nice. nice. All right, well, I'll, I'll just steal up Justin Gaethje. That's fine. He's the BMF champ. He just knocked out Dustin Poirier, and uh, he's actually willing to fight back in the rankings. So that man has my love and affection, and he will knock out whoever is uh, standing champion currently. I actually don't believe that. He's probably going to lose his next fight, but that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. He's got the belt. He's, he's got the BMF belt. It's okay. All right. Well, we know who I'm picking. Say it with me, guys. Islam Makachev. Oh, you what son am of a I bitch. picking him for? <laughs> wait, wait. What am I picking him for, guys? Say it with me. <gasps> the Muslim the market. market. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're yes. getting the Muslim market when we pick Islam Makachev. You guys didn't think about how many Muslims you'd get. And the Saudis are going to pay a lot for the site fees for his fights. And guess what? I got no problem staging fights in Saudi Arabia. Bellator Saudi Arabia, mm. here we come. <laughs> I'm thinking my guy's more open to everybody, even Muslims. Hmm. He did go to a dictator's house. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is true. All right, David, is your he'll pick? He'll deny it. He'll deny it vehemently. Right. But he'll, it's, <laughs> the picture is still there. All right, well, I'm going to go with uh, Usman Nurmagomedov. I want all nice. the Nice. That was my second pick. I think he's a hell of a fighter. <laughs> I think he might be the best lightweight in the world. Is. And uh, I want him on my team. So. And the Muslim market, there, Dave. Possibly. The Muslim market. There's not really much to say about it, except he's really good. So I guess we will move it along to... Hey, can we do a second weight. round of this? Can we do a second no. round of this? No. No. Ah, oh, come on. 
Dude, we're going to be here. Have you, have you looked at the time? It's fine. We've gone this far. We've gone four hours before. No, dude. I've got chocolate stuff to take care of. That's fine. It is what it is. All right, so with welterweight, I'm going to go with Bilal Muhammad. Now, it seems unusual pick, it but is, I think 100%. he's actually... He's always been super boring and stuff, but I think his last two fights, he's really leveled up. I think he might be a legit title contender. Now he's fighting Switch. He's doing fun striking. He's landing solid shots. Come on, Bilal. You're hilarious. Come on, my team. (laughs) All right. Well, I think I'm going with the pretty obvious pick here. Uh, Rude Wagon Edwards. And... um, I'm going with him because he gets the British market. Um, I need I need the British market. I don't have any British fighters. He also gets the Jamaican market. Jamaicans love their own. When I tell you they love their own, they love their own. Like when my grandma found out he was Jamaican, she was like, "Go on, Leon, knock him out, Leon." She doesn't know nothing about MMA, but that's what she was screaming the whole fight. And then he did knock the man out. So you know, yeah, you know, I'm getting two markets right there: Jamaica and and Britain. <laughs> Leon Edwards. I love it. All right, well, you know what? Whatever your picks are, they're shit. Because guess what? The real truth, the truth of the welterweight division, Shafkat Rachmanov, he will fuck up every single welterweight in this division. He just needs the opportunity. Unfortunately, he is barely getting the opportunity against Wonderboy now. So, see. He could be everybody in this division, and I believe that he could be champion very, very soon. Actually, very soon. And he has everything he needs to beat Leon Edwards. He's got the size. He's got the power. He's literally a 100% finish rate. 100% of his fights have finished with a finish. Come at me, Leon Edwards. <laughs> Listen, that's a great pick. He would definitely pick my, beat my second pick. I don't know if he beats my first pick. He'll beat my second pick, though. Nah, nah, nah. Yes, he beats him 100%. Not even a question. All right. Lem, who's your welterweight? Um, this is a tough one because I think there's people I would like to pick, but for various reasons, I think they might their time might be ending or they might not be available to fight as much as they should be. Also, did anyone pick Yaroslav Amosov? No, yeah. that monster was... Oh, damn you. You're getting this. You yeah, Never mind. That's never my mind. third pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn it. He's the <laughs> well, I could pick him. I don't know. I was debating between him and Ian Machado Gary. I think Yaroslav is obvious. Well, I, I guess it's not obvious that he's the better fighter. I oh, guess he's, he's the obvious better He's undefeated as long as he's a current champion. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of wanted to pick Ian Machado Gary because he doesn't like hitting kids, and that's pretty cool, and he'd probably, you know, <laughs> talk a lot of nonsense at press conferences, and that's also good for promotion. But it also, I've generally just been going with the best fighter I can pick unless it's a nonsense division. So I think I should stick with Yaroslav Amosov. I know, get the sympathy. You'll get the sympathy vote he's, for him for sure. He's he's a really good fighter, so that's always good. <laughs> Final answer. I think I might also. Is he Russian? Also, no, uh, he's Ukrainian. He's Ukrainian. Ukrainian. Ooh, Ukrainian. Ooh, okay. Uh, All right. Well, fight for a while. Oh, okay. That's a good storyline. All right. Yeah. 
that's that's who I'm picking. Yeah, like he that. literally left to go join the war, came back, defended his belt, and beat the asses of both of his. Uh, I think it was. Oh. Uh, yeah. So you. Yeah, he's actually got a whole thing. <laughs> Excellent. I've got some some good Eastern European market picks. You uh-huh. do. That's why you're KSW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> All right, so let's go to the uh, middle lady guys. One eighty-five. Uh, who do you have, Lem? Ooh, I wish I didn't have to pick first because I feel like um, it's it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to make don't, the best pick. Don't do it. Don't do it, Lem. Don't do it. Um, I feel like I maybe am not going to take your picks, because if you're mad at me for taking someone really obvious, then then you haven't planned ahead accordingly. So I'm just going to pick Israel Adesanya, because I still oh, think wow. he's I still think he's good. He just happened to lose to Strickland because of, like, fight styles. And he's still beat everyone else. And also, everyone else, like, is... Well, anyways, anyone in my top picks besides one in another promotion has, like, beat Sean Strickland. So I don't want to give away the other options, but I think Izzy is still a good choice. And a lot of people still like him, even though a lot hate him. He still generates clicks from, like, his weird controversial shit he likes to do. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, you didn't take my pick, though, so it's fine. I'll take uh, the <laughs> Hardcore's Forever Love at middleweight, uh, the one and only Bobby Knuckles, and uh, he will reign forever and ever, and I will never make sure that he <laughs> will lose the belt, and the Hardcore's will love me for it, and that is all. Thank you. All right. Well, that left uh, easy money on the table. I got two amazing picks I can pick from, and I'm not sure which to go with because you guys just handed them to me. So I'm leaning towards... um... Oh, man. You know what? I'll go with the established star already. He's not a bust. I'm going to take Hamzat Shimaev. And why am I taking him, guys? Say it with me. The Muslim market. <laughs> oh, he's just going to be a beautiful draw. He's already mm. loved by fans mm. here. He runs through guys. And guess what? Even if he's not as good at middleweight as he is at welterweight, where he was getting hit like once a fight and just destroying guys, I can just beat him bumps. Like, I'm not opposed to a, a Don King model where he just doesn't have these guys fight anybody because no one wants to work with Don King. Let's do it. I have a question. Yep. He's only fought twice at middleweight previously, and his one like closest to a rank of a win was against Gerald Richard. Does that still count? What do you mean? Does it still yeah, count as a middleweight? A... Yeah. Well, yeah, he has fights at the class, and his next fight is scheduled to be at the weight yeah, class. Yeah, but like, he's coming back after not fighting at that class for like years. Yep, still counts as middleweight. And oh, yeah, so I throwing, think Ikram Aliskov would be as yeah. closest to a rank win. If he fought in that weight class, we should allow it. I mean, so. it, that's all I was saying is like relevancy to recent. That's all. I mean, like, if, if we, we want, said, I like, can just go with my second yeah. pick. 
no, 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 it's fine. He's already like, scheduled a fight. Of following the thing where you I think Kam. Well, you picked Kamzat Chimaev, right? Yeah, Kamzat. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think he's more of a middleweight than a welterweight, considering his like crazy weight misses. I think that's fair. He's only well, fighting my guy at middleweight here soon, so I think he's perfectly acceptable. Oh my god! <laughs> nice, the juice. the juice. Yeah, of course. I'm picking Paulo Costa, man. He's funny. He's great looking. He's charming. On the right night, he's a hell of a fighter. And he brings secret juice to the team. So, Paulo Costa. Yeah, he's surprisingly guy. popular. He's surprisingly yeah. popular. <laughs> All right, so uh, 2.05 now. I get to go first, so I'm going to go ahead and kind of... I think I'll just take Potan. I got Alex Pereira. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> just right off the bat, yeah. It's gone. That's it. That was my maybe, whole play. Maybe after this, maybe sometime after this, we can work out some trades or something. But for now, I think I want Alex <laughs> on my team. So I'm going with Potan. That's a great pick. <laughs> right, great pick and I mean, if he's going to go with Alex, then uh, I might as well just take the best light heavyweight in the world, Vadim Nemkov. Um, and How did I yeah, know I just you were going to pick that? <laughs> God, God forbid. You know what? I'll just I'll take the uh, current uh, former, I should say, light heavyweight champion Jamal Hill because he tends to, you know, say stupid things and have very stupid opinions. But the man can at least have some kind of a draw, and he's young enough to actually create a following himself. So plus, mm-hmm. he destroyed one of my favorite fighters at light heavyweight, Glover Teixeira. I have to have respect for that, even if I don't like the man. I'll take Jamal Hill. Um, yeah, <laughs> I thought Pereira and Nemkov were the obvious choices. Um, I kind of hate everyone at light heavyweight, but I also kind of love them. And I just realized my third pick, just jotting stuff down, I didn't, you know, really want to pick this guy. But now that I think about it, I think it's funny. And so I'm going to pick uh, Ankolaev. Because, you know, his his terrible fight decisions decisions are really funny. He's, like, kind of good if he actually, you know, used his skills. Uh, he is Russian, so I can, you know, take advantage of the Eastern Euro- European market again. I think my fight promotion is getting pretty heavy, which might be good. Um, and he could have some stupid yet hilarious fights. And... My promotion is in favor of that. Love it. <laughs> I am a little disappointed your promotion doesn't have any like Anthony uh, Smith or Gegard Musashi types. But... Yeah, I was really thinking about Anthony Smith. That's what I was debating, Anthony Smith or Johnny Walker. Um, I thought, thought picking Dominic Reyes would be very stupid, although I did want to pick him. Uh, mm. I'm, try- I'm trying to be reasonable, you know? Yeah, I thought someone would pick him. I kind of hate him, so I don't think we, you know. Is it's it kind of like of how antenna? Dana is it? Is it the hair? Yes, you hate him the hair. <laughs> it is the hair. His hair is stupid. But you love Charles Johnson because of his hair. Well, he won me over. Yuri could win me over, but he defeated Dominic Reyes, who I love deeply. So I'll okay. never forgive him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That makes sense. 
All right, the last weight class, heavyweights, the big boys. Who you got? Um, I feel like I'm gonna pick the obvious. Although now, like, I'm feeling like I should have picked some some fun guy, you know. Uh, but maybe I should just. I'm just gonna pick Tom Aspinall. I hate. God damn it, Flynn. <laughs> God. <laughs> God damn it. That's a good pick. It's a great pick. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Husa, Husa, Husa. All right. Well, either way, I'm going to take the uh, current fight matrix number three heavyweight, Sergey Pavlovich. The man who is currently on a six fight win streak, all via knockout or finish, and uh, was the backup uh, for the last heavyweight fight. I don't know if he's currently the backup for this fight or not with uh, Stipe and John Jones. Doesn't matter because both of them are retiring anyways. Stipe into oblivion to become a firefighter at a front desk job. That's fine. And then John Jones, so he can console his brother, however that's going to happen. Anywho. Um, Sergey's going to knock out every other heavyweight inside of this UFC division and could probably knock out every other heavyweight outside of the UFC. Um, I'm going to take Pavlovich. He's young enough. He can kill everybody. And uh, he's Russian, so it kind of you know, defeats the purpose of uh, you know, marketability, but it's fine. It's heavyweight. People just want to see big man go boom. Good stuff. Uh, Kishan, what you got? Yeah. All right, so I thought about this long and hard. There's some great picks out there. But many of you miss what to me is not only like the most obvious, but like the most underrated pick out there. Like the man with the most rabid fan base. I'm telling you, these people watch hours of content and watch his every single move. They copy his patterns of speech. They have an entire oh, subreddit God. dedicated to him. You're talking Chels Hannon? about <sighs> the no. hybrid. I'm talking about Big Brown, Brendan, Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest draw. He has everybody behind him. They would tune in to watch him get knocked out. There's, what, 200,000 people on that? That's 200,000 buys every Shaw fight. You guys don't know. What you left on the <laughs> Joe table. Rogan won't let him fight. You know that. It's too late. It's too late, Bob. No, it's He's no. in the promotion. Joe, Joe, Joe Rogan said no. He physically humiliated him on his own podcast. Therefore, he will never fight again. Damn, and I had the JRE podcast to promote his fights? Yo, the platform. You guys do not realize what you mm. left on the table. Oh, my dear God. All right. That's this what you've done, pick. Dave. This is what you you did this, Dave. You did this. Just remember that. Well, I like it. I like the direction he's going with it. Um, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. Also, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm... Well, I think it's fine that they picked you know Ronda Rousey and uh, now I forget his name, but they're Gina both Carano of them are never going to fight. They're never going to fight. So. You know, that's on them for adding them to their promotion. <laughs> God damn it, Lim. You're not supposed to help them. Well, I was kind of surprised no one picked, uh, you know, Francis Ngano or anyone like that. Originally, I was going to go with... Oh, yeah! <laughs> like, 
That would he's not even a champion one. of anything. He's just he hasn't even fought. He's gonna box first, and then we're gonna figure out what he does after that. Yeah, I was originally gonna go with Anatoly Malakin because I think he's awesome. But since no one picked John Jones, that's the obvious choice. I'm just gonna have to get John Jones and run the heavyweight division. He's not even committed though. to fighting in a year. I don't care. I don't need him to fight in here. <laughs> I just need him on the team. So. I think that sums up our... You're worried uh, about the wrong things, I'll tell you that. <laughs> John Jones beats all these nerds, and uh, y'all forgot about him, so that's on you. I, yeah. Again, I just need a bigger draw than John. I need people that were upset. Yeah, that's true. Well, Brandon Schaub well, is not a bigger, bigger draw than John Jones. Maybe Dude, true. Yeah, John, 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 John I don't know a single person that talks like John Jones. Well, no, John actually draws like between five hundred and seven hundred thousand when he fights. Like he, no, no, he can draw. John's great. John's great. Yeah. John, John's amazing. Brandon Schaub draws like two hundred thousand people who watch his every move. They watch how he laughs, yeah, how he talks. That's, that's the same thing as asking Aljamain to fight, though. Aljamain can at least get two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Well, that's neither here nor there. And, which, and, and, and with him. Brendan, I don't have to deal with DUIs. I don't have to deal with suspensions. Nothing. He'll be there. Brendan works no, hard. You Brendan don't understand. Up every single fight. We're putting John in a program in Thailand when he comes on the team, and he's going to oh, clean up. God. We're going to have know that's not going to work. And he's going to run the division. John goes and to, you all be crying. If John goes to Thailand, he will do more coke than he's ever done before. He will Have be on more steroids on than humanly possible. That's not a bad thing. That's actually good. That's well, been good for him in the past. We'll allow it. <laughs> well, if he gets arrested, that's that's another story. But still, neither, yeah, like you said, neither here nor there. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, in totality, I think we got our uh, dream teams matched up. Uh, <laughs> kind of like to wrap this up and get to one final segment where we. Like, we kind of introduced our new hosts already, but maybe we get to know a little bit about them. You get a little bit more familiar with them, and then we will close the show. So, I will probably start with uh, Kishan here. I wanted to ask you a couple questions. Uh, are you ready for this? Yeah. All right. You have to get someone who's never seen or heard of MMA to fall in love with the sport, and you only have one fight to show them. What fight do you choose, and why? Damn, you know what? That's a hard question because then it becomes like, am I showing them a more modern fight? Am I showing them an older fight? Do I show them a fight that could potentially be too good and spoil shit for them? I mean, like, who knows, right? But if I really had to pick one that just from the get-go is going to be like, catch your attention and will be a great fight, I'm probably going to go Eddie Alvarez versus Michael Chandler 1. That fight is absolutely guns a-blazing from the get-go, a back-and-forth affair. It's just a fantastic contest, and um, yeah, I definitely think that would be a great fight that could get somebody to fall in love with MMA. All right, so for the second question, uh, what active fighter is appointment viewing for you, where despite all odds, you'll find a way to watch them fight, like whenever they're fighting, like you'll move heaven, hell, and earth to watch them fight no matter what? You got a fighter like that? Yeah, I guess. Um, and are we limiting this to MMA or just generally fighting? Uh, no, you can do uh, general fighting. Um, yeah, I would say um, if I'm being quite honest, I'm not going to miss uh, 
Canelo fight. And that's the crazy part because I don't really like Canelo all that much. Like, I, I, I find him to be vastly overrated. But I, I'm going to watch a fucking Canelo fight. Like, I'm not going to miss that shit at all. Like, it, no. I remember Sean Ryder, when he was fighting him in the middle of a UFC card, over to Canelo. Dimitri Bivol in the middle of a UFC card, over to Canelo. Kovalev fight in the middle of a UFC card. I was pissed they made him wait. But then I got to watch the UFC and then just went back over to Canelo. But either way, I'm going to watch Canelo. All right, that's a great answer. And uh, for a final question for you, what keeps you coming back to MMA? Like, what's the driving force behind your fandom for MMA? Like, do you have attachment to the fighters, throw the fights, enjoy the carnage? Why do you keep coming back to MMA? Um, I enjoy high-level problem-solving in forms of combat. And MMA has that. Now, I've found myself not coming back to it as much as I used to, but I can never get rid of that feeling that brings me back to the best, of watching the best people compete in MMA. Watching those top guys, watching Volk versus Islam, seeing how they're going to compete and interact with one another, another, nothing can, can top that for me. And to be honest, just the rawness and randomness of how things can change in there is a lot more I find than any other sport. It's just anything can happen at any time. It's not always a skill differential as to why things end the way they do in MMA. Like there's much more room for just basically like, I don't know the word for it at MMA, but like, like fuck it, chuck it football, basically guys, just being able to play backyard style football, that shit can end and just win games. That doesn't happen often in football. Well, in MMA, I find that happens often. You can just have a guy kind of just go out there and do something and it will just work and people never seen it coming. Like, that's one of the things I loved about it and I always will love about it. Would like Sergio Pettis uh, KOing uh, Horiguchi late with that back fist or whatever be with like one of those moments? exactly yes like where someone's getting completely kind of outskilled they're being beat and then just what bam and it is done like it is so much more rare for that to happen in boxing in soccer for getting outclassed and you're getting outscored like you're not gonna you're get you're gonna you're down three goals you're not just gonna have a moment where you're just blasting it's so rare for something like that to ever happen versus mma i find those crazy moments where a guy is down and getting his ass beat and not winning it has no gas like a leon landing that head kick on usman just coming out of nowhere can happen very cool great answer man i love it all right now let's uh finish off with uh getting some answers out of lemonac mellow here all right lime you ready for this yes all right you have to get someone who's never seen or heard of mma to fall in love with the sport and you only have one fight to do it what fight do you choose and why all right, I did disappear briefly, so I hope this isn't the same answer K Stacks gave, but it's uh, the only answer that that came to mind, which is Izzy versus Kelvin Gastelum. It's like the when I started watching MMA, it was one of the first. It was like one of the free fights available from the UFC, and I think that fight did hook me into into fighting. It was just like a crazy fight. There was like a little bit of grappling even mixed in. 
And I was like, ooh, I have to see more of this. So I feel like it yeah. might do the same for other people. Was that that was that what K Stack said? No, no. You no. you picked something out of Brian after Brian Campbell's own heart. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> Brian Campbell approves. All right. <laughs> so what active fighter is appointment viewing for you? Or despite all odds, you'll find a way to watch them competing whenever they're fighting. Yeah, unfortunately, this dips into my previous answer, but it's also true. For some reason, well, I think it's what he, what Kelvin Gastelum showed in that fight, and his like cool, like low hands fighting style and all his dodges and stuff. I just thought it was so cool. And even though he's like barely replicated that since then, I just like. You know, even if I just hear he's fighting some guy I've never even heard of, I'm like, oh, Kelvin is fighting. I have to watch. So just like by default, that's my answer because it just is true for some reason. Now, well, I have story to ask, helps. Is, is, Sorry? Lohan, is Lohan's fighting your favorite style? I think so. Like there's a lot of Lohan's fighters who are like some of my favorites or maybe not quite favorites but uh but like they're green. up there yeah i like watching bobby green and like sean o'malley even connor um izzy too he also does that there it's not exclusive because i also really like uh jose aldo and peter yawn and they tend to have a really tight guard oh but i do like team. they what I was saying they have such a fun stance, like Aldo and Jan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they I look intense and scary. Yeah. And then, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Uh, That's okay. For, for the last question, uh, what keeps you coming back to MMA? Like, what's the driving force behind your fandom? Um, I was thinking about this because, um, like, I feel like sometimes, like, lately my my interest in MMA has dipped a lot, and I... I think it's a little bit of finding out if I'm right about matchups. Um, it's a little bit, I love when goofy shit happens, like when Keith Peterson taps for a fighter and then stops the fight. Like, that's fun. But I think I really enjoy just, like, arguing about MMA and, like, being right about it. And it's hard to do that without actually keeping on top of MMA. So that could be it. Because <laughs> I you like to argue about, about MMA. It. Have you met my friend? Yeah. You guys might get along. <laughs> the being right part might be tough because he knows a lot of shit. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that was a great answer or great answers. Uh, it was fun to kind of get to know you guys a little bit. Um, I think that's just about all we have for today. Does anyone have anything they want to shout out or anything that we missed that they think needs to be brought up? Can I redo my intro yeah. and you edit it in magically? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but can we wait till the end? Can we wait till after? Uh... Yes. Okay. Um, Any, uh... I mean, I guess I would just throw in a quick shout out to, uh, if I had to go, uh, my favorite prospect of the week, and I think everyone should check him out, uh, Carmel Moen. He's a young boxing, boxing prospect, made his debut on the undercard. Well, not only the undercard, actually the aftercard, the post limbs. It happened after the main event on the Canelo uh, versus Charlo fight. And yeah, the kid uh, 
TKO'd his opponent pretty quickly. Uh, he looks like an absolute beast of a prospect, and he'll be something special. So keep an eye out for the kid. I know. Uh, sorry. Uh, I thought yeah. of a shout-out I want to make, but you can go first. All right, Lemon Akmelo, do you have a uh, shout-out for us this week? Yes, I would like to shout out Jake Collier for being a reasonable mid heavyweight M- heavyweight MMA fighter who is better than some shitty prospects people who like people like. Um, unfortunately, he got eye poked, and I hope he is able to recover from that to defeat other shitty prospects as they come up. Well, I hate to disagree with you, but I made a lot of money on who's been winning that fight, so <laughs> whatever. Was it really Usman that bad? is bad. It just hasn't been shown yet. Was the iPhone well, actually, I think bad? it was shown. You don't no, think Usman looked shown. terrible in that fight until he did his championship eye poke that he learned from his brother? They both uh, look like nubs. I, I was no, discording the last fight, so I missed all jab. of it. Yeah, Collier had a decent jab, and he was actually piecing up Usman, except he forgot how to defend the takedown because Usman just did a blast double on him, and that was the end of the fight. But then even then, Collier almost had an, like a, a, a Kimura on him from, from bottom. From bottom. You know? He almost did it. He almost, he almost did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how about you, Austin? You got a shout-out for this week? Uh, yeah, shout-out to uh, Big Ogre Mike. Uh, he found a, a very classy, expensive uh, bottle bottle of alcohol in his house and tried to drink it and did not like it and immediately said no. Um, shout out to you, <laughs> dude. You know what you like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I didn't have a shout out, but I don't want to be the only one. So I guess I'll shout out Helios for just being an all-around legend and fun guy and uh, just bringing a good old time to Discord. So I think that wraps up episode seven of Just Bleed Radio. And uh, this has been Dave and No Special and Lem and Kishan. And I'd like to give a very special thank you to Kishan and Lem for their first show today. I think they did a great job. And uh, we look forward to working with you in the future. All right. Well, thank you for having me, guys. Uh, I definitely look forward to being on here in the future. And uh, yeah, it was a fun time. Yeah, thank you. That's it. That's all you got. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It has been such an honor to be here. I am so gracious that you have invited me. I really look forward to being on in the future. And next time I'll have a like a full paragraph of thank yous planned out. I deeply apologize. Well, that's what I like to next hear. Time, great job. Next time. Next time we'll have to finally have someone on this podcast that gets it, gets what we're all about here. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Great job. All right. (laughs) See y'all later. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Wait. No, that's like, guys, whatever. Like, my fucking Bluetooth is about to die, so that's. Uh, hi, I'm Lem. I don't know about <laughs> I don't know anything about myself. Uh, I started watching MMA in like the end of 2019, around when Diaz and Jorge fought Nate. Nate, 
Jorge Masvidal. Uh, I don't know. I love Peter Young and Kelvin Gastelum. <laughs> Is that a stupid introduction? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It's good to give the people like what they can expect in the show in the future. So start stupid, <laughs> stupid. Just be smooth sailing. <laughs> <laughs>